0: Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello, hello. Not hello. <laughs> Uh, we are the glue guys. This is pod two of draft week. We have another pod coming, but this is an emergency pod, Brian. This moment... What happened? What happened? We've been waiting for this moment for years. We've been doing this <laughs> no, pod since no 2013. Uh, pretty much since 2013, we've been waiting for this moment to happen, and it has happened, Brian.
1: You know what was really interesting to me was you've been talking about a Brook Lopez trade for so long. I think that you... You maybe are unable to appreciate the situation. I think that I think we might find ourselves on opposite ends of a of a uh, debate here, Mike. For the for one of the first times in Glue Guys histories, I don't think we agree with each other on this thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, we pretty much have a podcast that mostly agrees with each other and agrees with the overall thoughts. Speak, but uh, dude, I, I I will say okay. So let's just do. So obviously, this pod will be all about. The Brook Lopez, D'Angelo Russell trade, the impact of that trade on the draft, the impact of that trade on free agency, the impact of that trade overall on the Nets franchise. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I, OK, so here I'm, we're getting tweets and stuff now, and we have some emails and stuff. And one of them is from Cherboy, Greg Tag, a.k.a. Steel Nets, and he wants to have a moment of silence for Brook Lopez. I think we, you know, wherever you land on this on this uh, the whole deal. You, everyone agrees Brook Lopez is the best, and, and he's to be loved and admired. Right? Can we say that? I think, and that's what
0: I think. That is part of what makes this trade sort of difficult for me, because you know we talked again. We've talked about this type of trade happening for years now, and the mm-hmm. fact that it has happened, I'm looking like, well, I kind of rather just have Brooke Lopez Um yeah. because he is an enjoyable net. He is the best kind of player for a bad team, and it does stink that he's not a net. He was like Mr. Net. He was constantly in trade rumors, and yet he remained to be a positive force on the team. So it's, I know it you have, is weird.
1: I, I know you have an allergy to uh, dead air, but maybe we, should, maybe we should honor his tweet with a moment of silence. We'll see how long we can get before, before our skin curls. Ready? Three. Do you want to? Two. <laughs> and one. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I love you, Brooke. I can't do it. I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> hurts hurts too much. Um, yeah, but it is sad. It is sad. That being said, I am cautiously optimistic about the whole thing. Um, I'll just I'll just give you my ten thousand mile view from right from off the cuff. I'm I'm actually weirdly at peace with the whole thing. You know, I love Brooke, and and uh, I I yeah, like I was saying, it's great and everything. But this is exactly the kind of trade that we wouldn't make. Last year, two years ago, three years ago, this is we're you know we're trading an asset at the peak we we've just we just recently bought out our two largest free agent acquisitions uh we waited for them to get bad enough so that their trade value was so limited that we just had to buy them out um and this is exactly the kind of trade we we wouldn't have the way those to make uh not too long ago. you know what i mean or we've paz is going to be thirty very soon um and, you know, I think that his game definitely will translate into his 30s. But is he going to be the guy you want to, you know, when when we are starting to think about being good again in like 2021 or whatever it is, uh, and he's 33 or 32, is that the guy you want to lead this, this team? I'm not so sure. Is D'Angelo Russell? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I would say that there is a... A lot of intrigue there there's a lot of potential i think i've been reading all the lakers forums and stuff and seeing that there is um a feeling of loss there that i that i find that i'm finding like reassuring in a lot of ways you know what i mean
0: yeah and i do want to get to the D'Angelo russell part of this of course and i think there's like there's so many sides to this what's weird about the lakers is that they've developed this pattern of leaking since magic has come in they've leaked more than any team has leaked in the nba with certain things um Mm -hmm. I will say I do, and, and so you were talking about how the fact that, you know, essentially Darren Williams was, was, he was cut, um, and he was an asset discarded. I do appreciate the fact that Marx's regime seems to not be a leaker. I think it's positive. It bodes well for them. The fact that like we didn't hear any inklings of this Lopez to the Lakers trade that didn't exist. It wasn't out there in the ether. And we actually talked about with net income the fact that there's been such silence on the brook issue and yeah. we now get we get to this point where it just happens it happens a woge bomb
1: out of the blue well, woge did kind of uh lay lay a little groundwork earlier this morning by by mentioning this on his podcast uh that but he said it so notionally like it was so so far off the record and i think so he even said that informally. he didn't
0: have info about it right and it, yeah. it's interesting yeah. i mean that's a kind of a
1: and that he 100% is did. Yeah,
0: that's a tactic by a reporter to sort of uh, yeah. float things that they, and then they act like, oh, I don't know if this will happen, to then uh, later verify because they probably have heard that this is happening.
1: We, we do it all the time, Mike. That's, you know, with our, <laughs> our sources. Just kidding. We don't know anybody.
0: Um, all right. Let's get this on paper, okay? Let's get this on MP3 file format, Brian. Yeah. Just give me your straight thoughts. Your, your, your straight positives negatives whatever about this trade how do you feel is it good yes or no
1: i feel it's complicated i think it's one of those i think it's one of those situations where anyone who's rushing to claim victory is is probably speaking out of turn um i i you know burke lopez is on an expiring deal that that he he Will will he want to re-sign with the Lakers again? I also find I – think, I think it's an interesting fit for the Lakers in general. Like I think – I'd be very interested to see how he does on a new team because I think he – like as we've seen. So Brook Lopez has had a, a, a wild ride with the Nets. He's had a new coach like virtually every year um, and – they there have been coaches that have just disliked him and been like, "I want him to be a more prototypical center and and bang in the paint and that's absolutely not where he flourishes in a in a system like that um where he does flourish i don't know it's it's he's a very peculiar player um and there have been times like when we were very you know when we were making our like run ish thing in twenty thirteen when we had a you know, the uh, Pearson Garnett year um, when we're playing long ball and we played our best basketball without Brooke Lopez entirely. Um, and that's the kind of thing that that's the kind of thing that I think is what teams are going to find out about him when, when he's playing on different teams. It's like he can, he's going to put up the same kind of statistics every year, but whether he contributes to wins or losses uh, is a little bit harder to pin down. Um, yeah. So, like I'm saying, like my my feelings towards it, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that this is the right thing. So, D'Angelo Russell, I've watched a fair amount of. Um, I, it's an odd fit for this team on our side too. Like, there isn't uh, like it immediately creates problems with our rotation, and and for, in the forefront of that is Jeremy Linz. What 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 becomes of that? Is he? I guess we're going to run D'Angelo Russell at the two and play this like both combo guards at the one and two, which is, it's it seems, and this is part of one of our questions, uh, where someone is like, is, does this mean that we're playing positionless basketball now? And I would say like, yeah, definitely. Um, it's well, certainly I mean, like, it, I, I, it's a, we're going to draft I at, a big, but
0: yeah. I, I look at it as a positive because, so like Atkinson has always shown a preference to having two ball handlers on the floor. That's, you know, that's why Randy Foy played so much this year. Um, I think, the fact that you put Lynn, Levert, and D'Angelo Russell out there, that means you're going to have three guys that can all put the ball on the floor and make something happen. I mean, that—that—that that, yeah, that is so. – I, I don't I, so i do not really understand the, like, the, oh, my God, Jeremy Lynn and D'Angelo Russell cannot play together. First off, Jeremy Lynn is not important. I'm sorry to break <laughs> it to Nets fandom. He's not important. Okay? He's not – if this team wins a yeah. championship, he will not be a part of it or
1: if he is a part of it, he'll be 37 wow. years old. Now, these these are the hot takes the fans are lining up for. Um, I wanted to shout out, by the way, Steve Ram share uh who who emailed us this about uh, are we going to expect to see more positionless basketball now that we have Lynn Levert and Russell as capable playmakers and shooters uh cheer boy Shiv- Shivaram, uh Sivaram, thank you thank you for hitting us up um, at netspod so, yes.
0: at gmail of course as <laughs> yes, you can always get at BK glue guys on Twitter netsdaily.com <laughs> almighty baller radio
1: once you get them going um yeah so <laughs> yes obviously we're gonna play more positionless basketball will we still probably uh draft a center. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think uh, the guy whose name we're just never going to be able to pronounce. Uh, Latfe- just say Pesednix. Is-
0: and if it's wrong,
1: Pesednix,
0: is that what you're landing on? Let's just, let's land on that. And then if it's wrong, he'll tell us, he'll tell us when he joins our pod. How about that? He can, um, he can figure it out himself. I'm going
1: AP. I'm just going AP. I like that a lot. Um, His first starts with an A, right? Well, I
0: mean, so we're, yeah, it's on, on whatever. So, it's <laughs> – I will say about the draft, and I want to dig more into the, the trade itself, but the draft itself, um I also think the trade is an indication, yes, the, the team is going to be looking probably for a 3, 4, or 5, but I can almost guarantee if there's a really intriguing one or two that just lands on them that they're going to take them because it, at this point, why would you draft for need? Like there's no – There's no quality. Like, there's just this team isn't good enough to draft for need. And who cares if Mosgoff and Hamilton are your starting centers because you've now committed to a a brand of basketball that is essentially, you know, 21 year old D'Angelo Russell, however old Levert is, however old Whitehead is, however old their draft pick is. It's just, it it doesn't matter. They're not going to be drafting for need. They're going to take the player they think has the best chance of being good as soon as possible or has the highest ceiling at some point in his career. I don't, I don't, Mm. I don't see necessarily like, I think they're less, if there's a guard and there's a forward or a center, they're at the same level on their draft board. They're going to take the forward or center. But I also still think if there's just an awesome, let's say Donovan Mitchell falls to him, they're going to take Donovan Mitchell, even though I don't love him. And I think he's overrated as all heck. Uh, Mm -hmm that's what i'm thinking
1: uh i'm gonna just switch gears right over to cheer boy matt parker hey matt Cheerboy, boy B- big shout out um so he says both both emotionally and logically he thinks that this doesn't make sense that there are so many bad contracts out there and uh and so few teams that can absorb them russell better be much better and much less of a knucklehead than I think. And Mozgov has never been good. I <laughs> uh, would have preferred Dang by a wide margin. Um, that I can kind of vibe with the, the the Dang notion. Though, let me say this about Russell uh, about D'Angelo's knuckleheadedness. Is it am I wrong in thinking that like the Snapchat fiasco put an abnormal um, spotlight on what is otherwise a like averagely knuckleheaded person and then he had one massive slip up or is it is there a i know he's like he's had a history of coaches calling him immature and that's definitely a bad sign um but i don't know maybe this isn't a question you can answer but i'm just saying how how like how much does that one instance play into the hype of his knuckleheadedness
0: yeah and it it's because he plays for the lakers it's because of he had a very uh Headline grabbing thing with Nick Young and Iggy Azalea. Um, yeah, d- d- why would that make him a worse basketball player? I don't. Yeah. I don't understand.
1: well, not, it's like you know, it's a chemistry thing. If you're a real doofus, then I get it can cause problems. If it's just that one thing, though, let me say this: I had my own slip up with Snapchat when I first. I had no idea what it was when I f- first saw it, and I was just playing around with it. And it was my it was my wife then girlfriend's phone, and I was just shooting around the house. And just sending off stuff, to <laughs> to, <laughs> I no idea how it worked. Um, I'm assuming he did know how it worked. But further to that point, I work with. Do you work with a lot of young people in your office, Mike? Your I'm day-to-day? starting to
0: get more and more young people. I'm becoming less the youngest person in the office, which is a terrifying thing to happen in your life. For we sure.
1: we have some very young, especially like interns who are you know 19 and 20, and they are they have very. I don't know if this is a young person thing or if it's a millennial thing. They have very poor a poor sense of boundaries these days. These these young people, they're wading
0: into they, waters that are not. You're gonna look bad
1: in just wh-
0: don't why? don't
1: don't talk about young people being this or that. I think because it, what, it y- young people can't have boundary issues. They ask personal questions. Sometimes people ask me personal questions like that's a. I'll answer it, but that seems personal. Like that's that's how I think that the situation with, with Nick Young happened. He maybe asked a personal question, didn't think it would it would happen like that, or I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to sugarcoat this thing, basically. Like I, I think it's I think it's forgivable. Ultimately, it's a terrible look. Don't get me wrong. I hate snitches. You know that about me, Mike. I know you I, hate snitches. Yeah. Uh, in this case, I think it could be an honest gaffe of a young person with technology. And technology is very powerful, Mike. The only thing that's
0: concerning about D'Angelo. Okay, I am I am uh pro dangelo in terms of that like he's not a bad dude, okay? I just I'm I I can't imagine that because of a Snapchat thing that he's like a super bad dude.
1: Well, and plus the Nets are like so good about vetting personalities these days or at least that's what they are 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 saying or they want to put out there. Yeah, are n- they
0: is this a, thi- a thing of desperation? I mean, like literally so this is a little bit desperate by the Nets. Um because basically They traded Brooke Lopez, who's their best trade asset. They took on a bad contract. They traded a first-round pick to get D'Angelo, who is a bit of a damaged asset. And it's in a way it is could be spinned is that the Nets are so desperate to get a potentially talented prospect that they're willing to ignore certain red flags, maybe in personality, and they're willing to take on a bad contract and give up a first-round pick that they don't have many of. And to to just take on this guy who could be good. Um, yeah. I, can, I, can I
1: say one thing about, about that, that pick, though? Can I say one thing about that pick? Nobody nobody in the outside – we have two picks, and the, they're not very good picks, but they are, are like shiny little things. And we love them so much. We've been talking about them because there's nothing else to talk about. But a 27th pick is is not that cool. It's not that interesting. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I know that, like, yeah, we shouldn't be giving up first-round picks for this. And that's that's obviously the – you know, the weak point of this trade, if you take out that pick, then it's an obvious, you know, it's not a real question. Um, but I think we've just, we've been, we have so just a bad experience recently with picks in general, but it's our own little thing, you know, it's our little thing and we want it to work out.
0: You know what it's like? It's like that you that person that you knew that growing up, they were only allowed to read books. Uh, that was their <laughs> yeah. only form of entertainment. That 27th pick is a book, and we, yeah. let's say the Celtics have an Xbox 360 with all the games, <laughs> you know? So we look at that book as being the, this precious item of entertainment when really yeah. it's like it's a book. Yeah.
1: It's not that good. Yeah. Uh, it only can give you so much enjoyment. The, the Celtics, they have, they, have a full, they have a bouncy house right now. they got a bouncy house with Xboxes in it. It's... They, they have
0: one of those Escalade, mini Escalade cars that they can drive around <laughs> the lawn in. They have they've dune buggies, sea doos. Yeah. They've got everything. Yeah, um, their whole
1: bedroom is filled. It's like a ball pit in their bedroom. The Nets have and two books and a and a ball on a string. <laughs> and and we've got the paddle, but we paddle enjoy that game. stuff.
0: Yeah, we, we enjoy that stuff so much. It is quite enjoyable so you, for us. But you see what I'm saying,
1: right? Like, no, I agree. It, I
0: agree. I agree completely. I know. And we've made okay. you and I have not made. I mean, you know, we've made a certain big deal out of these draft picks. They 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 are. They are precious to us. They are precious to Nets fans. But in reality, uh, 27th overall pick in the draft yields not great results. And you'd, I mean, if you could just take D'Angelo Russell at 27 overall, you would take that. Obviously, there's the Brooke Lopez component. And I think that's, again, where I'm struggling with this the most. I'm not fully in on the trade just because I still felt like Brooke offered more value. Now, but we see this Dwight Howard trade come out. Right. They're different players. Brooke can shoot threes and Brooke's a good person. Dwight Howard's not a good person and can't shoot threes. But the, the, the Hornets just got Dwight Howard for nothing, essentially. So Marco
1: Bellinelli and a millionth pick.
0: So the, so the maybe it's just that the center market is horrible. Jaleel yes. Okafor has not been traded yet. No one wants him. Um, it could just be that like any center who can't really block shots. And, you know, dunk the ball off a of pick and roll. He
1: can, can block shots. That's never been his. I mean.
0: Well, like, I'm talking about like a, like a Nerlens Noel type. Even Nerlens Noel didn't grab anything. But I'm talking about like just some, you know, super mobile, able to switch on picks, you know, really sort of be able to take on this new form of basketball that they're playing where everyone's fast and quick and, you know, can get to the hoop. Um, Brooke, Brooke can block shots, but Brooke's not going to block. Brooke's not going to be able to guard someone off a of pick and
1: roll. Super effectively, it's just not. Uh, No, definitely not. This is uh, one of my favorite. My when we were talking about me me and G Debs just talking about uh, like Brook Lopez and his inability to rebound, and he has a very sort of a great old man kind of um, explanation for it, very flippant. He's like, well, you know, rebounding happens in real time, and and Brooke Lopez moves in slow motion. That's that's all there <laughs> is to it. <laughs> Just which I like. Um, but also piggybacking on on Matt Parker, cheerboy sure Matt Parker's second point. He says, okay, enough ranting. Marks can't be done, right? I think they have to get a first rounder back with another salary dump, maybe more than uh, one salary dump. Um, so I think it's me last year's, I think it's like last year's restricted FA strategy, no sense going halfway who are other salary dumps. Um, so, I mean the blazers thing still very much makes sense. Like we, we haven't moved the needle in, we're, we're still 30 million or something, uh, in, in, in with cap space. Uh, so there's still tons to be done. Um, I think, you know, I, there's a million, yeah, there's more to be done. Um, yeah, for sure. Obviously, well, well, Is the, is the first and foremost. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Mike. Who, who are you thinking?
0: Well, I mean, it's, it, so trading Brooke is a clear indication of that, um, veterans are done on this team because why, why would you trade your best player who is a veteran if you, if you were trying to be good this year, right? There's some belief out there with the Nets that like, all right. Let's say they offer max contract to Otto Porter. They sign, uh, another wing player for a reasonable amount of money. You got Jeremy Lin, Otto Porter, a couple of young guys, Brooke Lopez, and you're often running into, you know, respectable 32 win season. And then you're trying to build on from that. Trading Brooke means, um, if I'm Jeremy Lin, Trevor Booker, you know, that's really the only other veterans on this team. I'm basically seeing, I'm, I'm thinking, why am I on this team? I, I, you know, what, what would be the point of leading a team? Cause Brooke was such a, a pillar for the holding up this team into the respectability. Even though they were so bad, at least you could look at Brooke and say, that's a real NBA player, a fringe all star level player. And at least if he's still there and there's a healthy Jeremy Lin, there's some wiggle room. Now it's like, now that is completely just folded over that that pillar that was held up whatever they were holding up that has fallen over and now it's a t- completely different team so like you know i don't know what i don't know who would want jeremy lin i don't know who would want trevor booker i mean trevor booker what is he going to get he's he's how appealing could trevor booker be to someone i don't know i mean he's a nice bench piece but he's not like super sexy in terms of he, no teams dying and are calling Sean Marks every day to see what they can get for Trevor Booker. Maybe a second round pick, but I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm trying to find a, a good, a good, uh, <laughs> Stefano. Can I, can yeah, go I,
0: I do want to say one thing,
1: as I've said many things
0: um, about the salary dump situation obviously the port Portland has the second highest payroll in the NBA at the moment. Um, so salary dump is important to them. We've cataloged that. I will say the, Ability to take on multiple bad contracts that have a lot of years left uh, decreases every time you do it. Mozgov's Mm. contract is about the worst in the NBA. Um, They have Andrew Nicholson for about $6.5 million a year for the next three years. That's not a terrible contract, but that's not a good one, right? Um, There's only so many times that the Nets can really do that. They just did that, right? They just They took Andrew Nicholson on to get a first-round pick. They took... Mozgov on to get D'Angelo Russell there's only let's say two more times that they can take a really bad contract on to get something and mm-hmm. th- it's become to the point where they have to make it count um, they actually probably saved uh, salary cap space I haven't done the math yet but Brook was supposed to make $2.6 million, $22.6 million next year and Mazgoff's mm-hmm. making something like $16 million so right. uh, D'Angelo Russell, the swap of D'Angelo Russell the first round pick, the salaries difference they probably saved a little bit of money but there's only so many times you can have useless players on your cap and on your roster. I mean, that's another thing. It's like there are only so many roster spaces, so yeah. you can't just keep taking players that don't matter for anything. You can't have five guys who completely stink on a 15-man roster, or whatever it is. So there's just no, some,
1: there's some it's a fair there. point. It's a fair point. Um, Thanks, Braga. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> you got it. I'm going to s- sift it over to your boy Stefano, Um Thanks for hitting us up, Stefano. Thanks, Stefano. At pod. Gmail. Um, <laughs> uh, He says, I guess I don't have anything uh, really to say right now, but I want to be a part of this podcast in American history. <laughs> um, That's the thanks, best email we have
0: gotten. Thanks, Stefano.
1: Um, and he says, shout out to my friend, Mike, who loves Brooke Lopez more than his mother um, as well. Is that you, Mike? I don't think so. Um. Cheer boy, Mike Wim. Sorry that I don't have John Cena rollouts for you guys. Stupid Skype. Um, is D'Angelo such a rock, such a locker room um, snitch cancer that <clears throat> sorry that made the Lakers were so eager? Mike, this is a mess to move him. Uh, what is his ceiling floor? Is being a Russian player <laughs> mean that at some point during the course of your career you will play basketball for the Brooklyn Nets as long as Prokey is in control? um so yeah let's maybe touch on what we know about d'angelo russell's game um and try to excite ourselves with the possibility that he could be super good someday um where do you rank the possibility that he will be super good someday mike
0: um
1: i mean i i don't know why
0: it's kind of scary why they're down on him already but like he averaged 15.6 Fifteen point six points a game, four point eight assists, thirty five percent from three. Like, okay, whatever. Six five point guard who's twenty one years old. Like, there's just there's a lot to like. There's a lot of production there. There's a lot of skill. Dude, um, he
1: had he had a pretty dope April. He was averaging like, let's see, I think it was eighteen, f- like five and five basically. Um, and in twenty eight minutes, he's going to get so much more run on this team. I, I was reading bas- basically like the Lake hot take or the fans hot take is that byron scott was an atrocious coach for for d'angelo russell in particular um and that the governor only really started to come off late in last season so i think a lot of them are thinking that they did not see the best of d'angelo russell really at any point but but towards the end of the last season there they had some very good games mike and you know not least of which one against us which you know spurred the uh in the Vans theme,
0: which is amazing, and I hopefully we'll get that kind of moment this year.
1: Somebody, somebody said on uh, Twitter uh, that D'Angelo got sent to the Night's Watch, <laughs> 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 which, which I think is
0: accurate and it's good. Pretty perfect. Yeah. Um, killer comparisons:
1: Game of Thrones, yeah. NBA. Is <clears throat> D'Angelo Johnson, is...
0: or is he Samuel? No, Tarly? No, not
1: even that. Like which? Um, yeah, which. It's just like which team represents what, which realm, you know. That's the, I think that's we, what, that's, that's well, the way let's we should let bottle do it.
0: that and save that till Game of Thrones premiere because that is get smart, definitely a classic. Um, yeah, man. I I mean, I think like the, also the other thing is there's got to be confidence in Kenny Atkinson that you know he's a, a guard whisperer of some kind and that he's going to get D'Angelo on his team and you know he's going to tell him everything that he told Kent Bazemore and Jeremy Lynn. He's going to teach him. All the wily tricks that he needs to know. Our boy Spencer Dinwiddie of the pod. Uh, you know, he seemed like a pretty smart dude who was telling Jeremy Lin what to do. You know, maybe D'Angelo gets in touch with him and they could figure out some kind of way to, you know, mind meld a little bit. And Spencer can rub off of him in some way. I I, I mean, yeah. I just I think part of the reason why I was down initially on the trade. and I don't know where I'm at right now. I'm still trying to grapple with it is that. Wow. There's just been so many bad headlines with D'Angelo. Just not even terrible, just bad. Just negatives. Just a lot of negatives. The Lakers have been trashing him pretty consistently via sources. Uh What concerns me is that Luke Walton, who, if you've ever heard him in an interview, seems like a pretty chill dude and acceptable mm-hmm. of all kinds of people, didn't seem to like D'Angelo Russell. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, like, if that, like... Byron Scott makes sense, right? Like, if Byron Scott does like D'Angelo Russell, we all kind of understand why. Like, it was just that's Byron Scott. But if Luke Walton doesn't, then then you're like, well, what are what, we? How
1: much, really, you think Luke Walton looks like a cool guy? Come on. Luke Walton Come- at least seems, the
0: way that he seems to want to act like a coach is that he's about, he, you know, the you greater know he wants, good like, of the game. He wants,
1: he, he wants you to think he looks like a cool guy. That's what Luke Walton it. thinks. I think Bring he's an it, undercover
0: Trash okay. Luke Walton. Do it.
1: <laughs> Throw him into a gutter. I'm sure he's an incredibly nice person. No, um, he's an awful person, on the record. But uh, no. We, but I, I get your I get your point,
0: dude. I mean, the so like the just the general positive of this trade is that the Nets are becoming younger. The Russell lines up with the timeline of what you'd want. This team is the direction of it is defined. There's no middle ground. This team was slightly in the middle ground with having Brooke. Brooke had no role in this team. There really was no point to have him. I just wanted him on the team because I liked him. And it gives them – You, we now have D'Angelo Russell to, to sort of oogle at every game. We get to look at his box score every game. There's going to be a yeah. couple of games where he gets a triple-double, and we're all going to get excited, and it's going to be the thing that we all care about throughout the rest of the year and into probably next year too. We're just going to care about what he's doing every time he's on the court, and that's something.
1: Like I, you know? I feel like you're already beginning to convince yourself otherwise. Like you're, you're the flip flop has already begun. <laughs> you know, just man, I don't stick to any um, opinion besides <laughs> I dislike Darren Williams.
0: What, what is what is soul. the
1: ceiling in your mind for for this guy? Like, so I've seen like so hyperbole is going to be very much invited into this conversation uh, based on what I've seen. So first of all, let me say that the comparison that I see a lot is, uh, is a Markel Fultz, um, yeah, too. And I think that that's like, bi- bi- I have not watched a ton of Markel Fultz, but I do what a little I've seen. It seems pretty accurate to me. Um, now like is, is the mature version of that is the super sand version of that. A Kyrie Irving, James Harden hybrid kind of thing because he moves really slow um, like James Harden does and is like a deceptively good ball handler, puts people out of position using mostly technique versus just pure athleticism or speed, which is kind of how Kyrie does things He's kind of that crazy combination. But Kyrie, both of those guys, neither of them can really jump that much or, or if they can, they don't do it very often. Um, which is a lot like how Russell plays. So is, is that, can I, if I'm going to say like crazy best case scenario, a, a weird combination of those two players? I mean,
0: I, I, I agree with you. I think it, I don't know if his ceiling is this, but I think sub all star James Harden, right? Mm. Like, sure. It, it, it may be occasional all star. I think that's, if you're in that territory. I think you're right, Kyrie. I don't really know, just because Kyrie is like such an individual, like yeah. So it's just uh, such an individual, amazing,
1: a fierce individual, an
0: amazing player. <laughs> uh, maybe he wants to come home to the Nets when yeah. LeBron leaves. Um, um, but I, I, I just, I, I think the bad news on D'Angelo is overrated. I think his skill as a prospect. I mean, he turned 21 in February. It's not like he's going to be turning 22 when the season starts, right? So he's super young. He's a lefty. Yeah. We love lefties. Yeah, um, we well,
1: can really collecting lefties now.
0: He And and again, we've talked about but like it can present a really interesting lineup if you have Jeremy Lin, good defender, Brian. I know you hate him as a defender, but I like Jeremy Lin as a defender. Um, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell and Karis LaVert out there. That's like three interesting guys with... Anyone else you want to throw out there? That's, that is three interesting guys. Um, and his stats, his stats were almost exactly the same as his rookie year, except for just a little bit better. And he had the same amount of minutes and he was on a worse team or just as bad of a team. I, but the, the thing that, I guess the thing that bothers me the most is that Brooke Lopez is now gone and there was some hope that Brooke Lopez would bring two first round picks. I think that's Mm -hmm. not gonna, that was never gonna happen, right? I mean, I think we would have known that. Um, by now, uh, and the fact that they had to take on Mozgov's contract, I really don't like, because I just don't, it, it feels like the Lakers are so desperate to get out from the Mozgov dang contracts that you I feel like they could have pulled more out of it. Like I would have loved to have taken Jordan Clarkson's $12 million a year contract. I would have loved it. I think it would have been great on this team. Um, I would have loved even just a second round pick. Just because they're going to buy one. We know they're going to take that $3.5 million that they have and buy one. So why don't you just take it from the Lakers? Um, I, I'm i a little uncomfortable with taking on the Mozkov contract and having to give up for a first-round pick. I think you're right. I think I'm flip-flopping coming around you're, to you're, just you're really, being obsessed with D'Angelo Russell pretty much.
1: You're all over the place. Um, who's not all over the place is Cherboy. Doo-doo-doo! Nick. Just Nick. Hey, Nick. Last name on this one. What's up, Nick? Um, <clears throat> Nick says, love D'Angelo Russell and Mozgov for the Nets. Uh, my next moves if I'm GM. One, draft Jonah Bolden at 22 or John Collins if he slides. Both are athletic PFs. So you can stretch the floor and play pick and roll slash pop. Two, sign Ekpe Udo in the offseason. Three, Try and thin out the glut at the guard position. Spencer Dinwiddie and Isaiah Whitehead are redundant. Maybe flip Whitehead. Whitehead for a second rounder. Uh, thoughts? Oh, also he says I don't have iTunes. Where else can I find your podcast? Pretty much any podcatcher. Uh, Podcatchers, if you don't know, are just these apps that are on the Play Store or your Apple Store, or whatever. And uh, you can, I use Player FM. I think that's a good one. A lot of people use Stitcher. Uh, but we're on all of those. So if you just type us in, or if you type us in, you use your user browser. You know, we have a little player when we play up the thing, and you can, you know, you can. Uh, there's a bunch of subscribe, subscribe buttons down there for anything, anything, your heart desires. Uh, sorry, that was had to get those logistics out because sometimes Beautiful you know job, I, I want right? to help. I want to help the people find us, Mike, if they
0: can. Yeah, and a lot of these, a lot of these podcast apps, I use Podcast Addict. There's a button you can click somewhere in the settings that says use iTunes search engine, and that we are again, we're on iTunes, and of course. As you said, Stitcher, um, we're everywhere, Brian. We're yeah, everywhere. everywhere you want to be.
1: Uh, but Nick has a very vivid image of of his. I, I really like a person with decisive, you know, GM skills like that. Uh, it, it sounds interesting. <laughs> I don't know if that's the um, if that's going to be people. People are going to want to see some some real um, something something come of this. Uh, Do you think? I think the people that are upset with this are going to be really upset if we don't make another trade to follow up uh, that includes somehow getting a higher draft pick.
0: I see. So, okay. One of the higher draft pick thing is that I think it's so tough to move up when you don't have anything to give it. it, Like now that they don't have two draft picks, it has to be a player that someone else really wants and obviously their other first round pick. Um, I agree. I, I do... I want to see the next move because I think the next move is almost even more telling than this first one. Um Like, so does this take them out of auto Porter KCP? Like does, because.
1: Oh no, I don't think so at all.
0: Cause I don't know. I mean, cause if you, if you put them out there, if you give max contracts to guys that maybe really aren't that great, I mean, what is that doing for you? Why do mm-hmm. you think that, why do you think that would keep them in play for it?
1: Um, I I just it's a feeling it's a hunch um <laughs> I mean based based on what I think they're trying to uh do like th- this process as far as I can tell is about um managing this very delicate balance between we've talked about this this abyss this ab- abyssal terribleness that just negatively affects everybody and a meaningful need for improvement and a meaningful Badness, You know what I mean? And at this point, if you trot this current team out the way that it's currently constructed, you are very close to abyssal badness. Um, I think that the people in the front office are, are actually pretty stoked on auto Porter. Um, I know that, that people have their own opinions of that. I have mine. I'm not sure that how I feel about auto Porter, but uh the, talent you know the people in charge of making those decisions i think are feeling this dude um and think that his ceiling is yet to be reached uh so with that in mind it makes sense if you think that he can't improve much beyond what he is currently yeah no it doesn't make a ton of sense but i think that they're they're going after him under the supposition that he would break out um What do you think of that, Mike? I
0: mean, I will – so obviously – so if you don't know, I'm a Wizards fan, so I'm pretty familiar with Otto Porter. Um, The interesting thing about him is that like – so obviously he benefits greatly by playing with John Wall, but but guys that young, I think he's 23 years old, uh, who who have already become this uh, productive, usually they don't just stay that productive, right? There's usually some still room for growth when you're just that young. So the whole- yeah, this is
1: this is right about the time when he would start to peak.
0: Right. Basically. So so you would think that the max contract is a max contract. So I mean, that's just a ton of money that you're throwing at a guy who can't really dribble and create on his own, but is a significant uh, three point shooter and alleged defender. Though I've yet to really see him locked down defensively. He's really not. He looks like he should be a defender, but he's not. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'd more bet one more more bet on KCP just because he seems more like a guy who can do it on his own. But if they're really building a team where they're going to have a bunch of lanky dudes who can shoot, Otto Porter makes a ton of sense. I don't know. I think it's it it will be interesting to see the next Woj bomb tweet related to this team if it's if we get some kind of behind the scenes peek of saying the Nets are planning this this and this. What are this, this, and this? If it's if it's straight Jeremy Lynn in the first round pick to move up to twelve, I'm interested in that. Um I has said on Twitter at BK Glue Guys that I think if you're not in the top nine, I don't really care then about moving up that much because I think once you get past nine or ten, it kind of levels off a lot. Uh and there's just, I think everyone else is pretty much the same at that point. Like, I don't think you're really making, you're not stealing anything. And I'd rather us not give up another asset just to move up 10 spots or something sure. like that. Um, sure. I don't know, man. I'm, 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 I don't know where I'm at with, uh
1: with, you're just DM. all over the place, Mike. You're, you're, you know, you're feeling this thing out.
0: I'm trying to I'm trying to figure my. I mean, I was reaching out to Nets fans, and I think initially what's interesting is when you you know when you're on Twitter and if you put out if you put out one sentiment early on, what you get back is either extremes on one end or the other. The most mm-hmm. part I was getting was people didn't love it Um because I again I think like most people we love Brook Lopez, we love what he did for this team, and I think we all hoped that he would get more, and he didn't. Now. But like, if I'm really going to look at this just from a distant perspective, D'Angelo Russell was a former number two, to, number two overall pick, who's not Anthony, like not some trash player. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it, it still feels <laughs> like they should have got. They still should have got more. They still, still should have been per- something let me, else. Let me
1: feel the very pertinent question here, Mike. Hang on, okay. Slow down. Um, I'm just kidding. Sorry, you're doing fine. Uh, this is from Sureboy Jose Miranda nine six two. Um, thank you for hitting us over at gmail dot com. I know Mike would always bring up brick trade ideas during the season, so I was wondering if this trade would have gone through Mike Smeltz's personal trade machine. Also, I was wondering after this trade, uh, we. So, I was wondering after this trade, will we be better or worse this upcoming season, considering we lost our big gun? <clears throat> um, for the second question, uh, does this move us into does how many wins does this affect? I think not not many at all.
0: You don't think uh, it's a I think it's a negative. I think the Celtics are probably popping champagne again.
1: I, I think don't, they're. I don't, I don't know that they're popping champagne. I think it's a negative of like two. I, I don't know that it's that it's a cr- like. Do you know what a negative Brooklyn two means? Has-
0: that means that they're the worst team in the league again. That's what that yeah. means. I think people. <laughs> this team is going to be. Terrible again.
1: First Vers- Versus what? Versus the option of rolling out a very similar team and still being the worst team and like not, not taking any chances? No. I don't know. I, I feel like to stand pat and watch that happen over and over again is more insane than, than any of this.
0: No, I, I, I'm, not even, I'm not saying this in, in terms of evaluation of whether the trade is good or bad. I'm saying this in terms of win total. This is a negative. This is going. But to... it's a
1: big. But it's a big philosophical thing. It's like okay, I can accept a, a lesser win total as long as th- there are like a, a bright spot, like perhaps D'Angelo Russell has a very good season. Uh, that's that's there's you know. I guess I'm just trying to say that there's there's more than just wins at the end of this. We're going to be bad. We're going to be bad, and we would have been bad either way. Yeah. Uh, so whether we're you know second worse or first worse is pretty immaterial to me at this point
0: no and i i, I do agree with, there's a yeah I, I agree with the fact that there's like a uh, let's say it's twenty wins versus twenty two if those twenty wins are more enjoyable because D'Angelo Russell is doing well, right i I yes. do understand that, but this team is going to be worse um, so
1: back to his uh trade happen. machine where does that where, where does that go for you? Doesn't 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 make it pass through trade machine, does it? Mozgov thing doesn't.
0: Mozgov does not. I mean, I think if you said if you said to me you're going to trade Brook Lopez and a first round pick for D'Angelo Russell, I'm feeling pretty good because I'm saying I'm getting this young prospect and I'm actually clearing cap space. I'm clearing it. I'm getting rid of you know more. I don't have any caps. I don't have any salaries but now I'm clearing even more of it so I now I'm even more to take on bad salaries the fact that so like we so we read the Stefan Bondi piece right but the Daily News and mm-hmm. the the classic problem with the Garnett Pierce trade was not the fact that uh they traded for Garnett or they traded for Pierce it's that they traded away Wallace who took who cost the Nets a first round pick in in that trade so um, it, it in this in the NBA, there's a cost for terrible contracts, and it's typically a pretty unprotected first round pick. Let's say top eight. The Nets did not get that with trading for Mozgov. They they mm-hmm. got a former number two overall pick, but they didn't get this no. normal trade asset that pretty much every other team gets. Um that that's that's what bothers me the most. I think it's the Mozgoff element. But I will say I think everyone that has liked Mozgov in their life, right? Haven't we all like seen him play basketball at one point and said, especially with the Cavaliers, and said that's someone that we like to see play basketball.
1: Yeah. What's scary is he's going to get some real minutes on this team. It feels like.
0: Well, what I'm worried about is that they're going to just going to stretch him out or something. Like I just, why not just give him a year? Give him a year on this team to see what happens, right? Because he could, he could, as you said, good minutes. He could play like 32 minutes a game. For this terrible Nets team. And he could end up being pretty decent. I mean, the fact is that if you want to be positive here, look at Moscow's per 36 minutes for last season. This allegedly terrible season. It's exactly the same as his entire career. It's the same <laughs> player. He is he is the case of being more minutes doesn't mean he's going to get better. He's just going to be who he is. And he's going to be a, a average rebounder, average scorer. Well, in term, average meaning like under 10 points, under 10 rebounds. And he's going to be slightly athletic and do goofy stuff, but that's what he's going to be.
1: You call you would call Timothy Mozgov slightly athletic.
0: Yes, I wouldn't.
1: <laughs> would you? He, I mean, slightly athletic, and that he's a professional athlete. Yeah, no,
0: definitely. no, no. He, no, no. But he's not. I don't know what's like a, a completely unathletic center who's just sort of an oafish figure out there. Uh, he's not yeah. Zaza Pachulia. He's not Zaza Pachulia. Mm. He actually, the Warriors could have used someone like Mozgov. Um, Who was a little bulky and, but not a goof like JaVale McGee, like Moz? I mean, like LeBron James, there's a famous article where LeBron James had said, like, when he first saw Mozgov, he almost cried because this guy was like exactly what he needed. This seven foot one.
1: He almost cried at (laughs) that.
0: Yeah. When he first saw Mozgov, he like went up and hugged him basically because he was like, we need you. You're the guy that we needed. By the way, real quick, positive on D'Angelo Russell wingspan. Okay. He's six yeah, five in shoes, six nine and three quarters wingspan. That's huge.
1: Um, so I was, you know, reading the uh the old Draft Express articles about and watching some video and, and and reading again, like I was saying, the Lakers forums, and they are saying don't listen to what you hear about him being a bad defender. Sure, there's like willingness issues because they played on a bad team, and so that's still gonna be an issue for us. But uh, he is a very, he's very good with his hands. Apparently they, they're all saying he's, he, he makes up for his slow lateral speed with, uh, using a lot of hand checks and he's, and he's smart with his length, which I like to hear. I like to hear about underrated defenders. You know, Mike, Mike slept on our lockdown defender, Jeremy Lynn for a long time. And now he knows <laughs> Now he knows.
0: Can I tell you something? Yeah. Don't care about his defense. Just don't right now. I want to. I want. I only want to see him put up buckets and get guys buckets. That's all I care about. Yeah. Well,
1: wouldn't it be nice if he was also a good defender? Mike, come on, come it, on, buddy. Don't don't be just nice. be.
0: But I'm I'm going to be looking at that box score and seeing exactly how well you know how how many yeah. how many points he puts up and all that stuff.
1: And then and then I'm going to be looking over at the other teams and be like, oh, Russell Westbrook, oh for twenty and thirty minutes. Great. <laughs> um,
0: Is that what he's going to do? Is that what you're putting? That's on That's what he's going to do. It? Can I tell you
1: something? Yeah,
0: please. Um, so again, you brought up Markel Fultz, uh, D'Angelo Russell as a freshman at Ohio state, 19.3 points per game, 5.7 total rebounds and five assists. That is essentially Markel Fultz, right? Um, yeah, almost the same shooting numbers, to be honest, 41.1% from three, 45% overall. Great free Mm -hmm. throw shooter. Not great. Pretty good. Really good. Um, so I think this should be building. This should be building for Nets fans. There should be excitement building. There should be feelings of, you know, maybe he's not even a damaged asset. He's just a underappreciated asset. Maybe he's not perfect for Luke Walton, but maybe he's perfect for Kenny Atkinson and the sort of way he likes to play offense. So I think, you know, if you're just going to go grade this trade, Okay, pre-trade, post-trade, excitement for the Nets coming upcoming this season. I would say more exciting, right? Isn't this more oh, exciting? Like a million not times, without in. a question. Yeah, and especially if they get Pacesniks, uh coming up, it's going to be super duper exciting. D-
1: Does that mean he's not? He's no longer a stash. Can we just? Can we just bring him in?
0: Yeah, I don't want the stash. I don't need the stash. Yeah, let's let's just let's just stash. bring him in.
1: We don't. We need a center. Let's give him the. Just give him the starting role. Let's shave the stash off and just let him loose. Let him wild and let him free. What are you, my wife? Come on. Shave the stash. Uh, (laughs) Next is Nick, true boy, Nick Viscomi. Um, Thanks, Nick. So he says, Brooke is one of my favorite players in sports. He goes on and writes lots of nice things. He says, but I think the most important question facing the world right now is with Brooke heading to L.A. to help. uh, Is he moving there to help facilitate his dream of becoming a Wookiee? If it does, this has got to go down as the best trade of all time. Um, love the pod. Love you, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Um, yeah, I think this puts him a lot closer to being a low-key. Um, and that's that's good for him. Let's everyone appreciate that. Can I, can I, like, let me you, ask you, you. I don't.
0: I may be putting you on the spot here. Your favorite Brooke moment. Is there one?
1: Somebody. Yo, this is crazy. I just opened up the email. You're saying this is from cheer boy, Jonathan Forness, uh, what was your favorite Brook favorite moment from Brooke uh, on the court or off the court? Do you guys think that? that sorry, I just I'll just start with that. Um, my favorite Brooke moment. Oh golly, golly. it's
0: kind of tough, which is slightly depressing.
1: I have so I have like, like, like a lot of my my um, like memories just go to him like trying to do a lot of like broadcast bits. Like he and Ryan Anderson had, had, like, a video channel that they were trying to do on yes.com or something for a hot second. And they are just, they were just too. The combination of doofusness was just, it was overwhelming. And uh, and similarly, he tried to do, I mean, he did some of this uh, again this year and he was like interviewing Justin Hamilton. That was horrible. It was, pain, it was painful. Uh, I, I will say I will always regret not having him on the show. Um, I know because I felt I feel like that would have been a great fit. Just as a, a guy that has a lot of interests outside of basketball seems like a good fit for the show. Um, I, I still think it will happen eventually. He'll
0: be he'll will be well, the port he'll call home to when uh, he needs to reach out to the Nets fans.
1: I dude, think. you're nuts because like the way that you're the way that you're talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what you're t- your talking is great because he's a lot of, what's the next somebody somebody in here, I'll find you, whoever you are, emailed about do you think oh yeah, Dan your boy, Dan Marciano, do you think there's a chance that the Nets resign Brook Brooke after next season? Um that would be hilarious. I would I would love that so much. Um don't if that but,
0: happens, don't doesn't his jersey have to go up in the rafters immediately? Like, immediately. I mean it become
1: so legit it's the, never has there been a player with more a, a larger chance to be as legendary is is as, as like if he did that that would be um, the boomerang move would be tre- tremendous.
0: I just think uh, not nearly enough respect has been paid to the fact that Brook Lopez has been on crappy teams, teams led by bad people. Um, he's been in so many trade rumors over his career, and he's persisted to be not a jerk. You know, like you hear so many NBA players complain about the littlest things, things that are in amazing situations. And there's rumors of them wanting to leave those amazing situations because of crazy things. And he's just always been like just a solid shows up, does this thing when he's not injured. He's been great. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good. I'm his tenure with the nets should be looked at fondly. And if he returns with the nets after the end of this contract, it'll be amazing. There should be a statue. He should be up in the rafters. We should rename a street after him outside Barclays. Um, mm. Brook Boulevard. Brook Boulevard. Um, nice, sure. What? Uh, I was gonna. Oh, my favorite. I was, I was just trying to think of my favorite moment with Brook Lopez. I think my favorite moment is similar along yours. Was the fact that? Do, do you never notice he has this like um, odd sort of uh, relationship with Sarah Kustak? Not odd. They, se- yeah. they seem like friends. They seem like real friends, and he he could never be professional around her, and I always enjoyed that. I always enjoyed we got real Brooke. When Sarah Kusak interviewed him, we got real Brooke, and that's what I appreciated. And I also appreciated the whole year he had of Lionel Hollins and how much he hated him. I think that was also underappreciated, how much he hated yeah. Lionel Hollins,
1: as we all did. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, and if you, you know that you're a bad guy if Brooke Lopez hates you. That's that's the litmus <laughs> test for for being a jerk. Um next up Cherboy Louis Torres. I just wanted to shout you. Uh, we kind of touched on all your stuff already. So not Snapchat, nothing getting stuff from Blazers. Um but I just I love you, bro, and I want to shout you. I want to rep you. Um other than that, boy, Dylan Mandelowitz, Um basically is like what happens with Jeremy Lynn. You know. What's going to happen? And Mike is like I don't care. I, I <laughs> the like, go away. will be will be ice go cold away. about this because he just doesn't give a frog's fat butt about what Jeremy Lynn wants. You like know, that's, him, like that's, him that's just, just fine. The
0: heart. He, but but <laughs> if if we if again if we're really uh, concerned about the future of the franchise because of what how this may affect Jeremy Lynn, then our headspace is completely in the wrong space. Uh, who cares? Like. To be honest, he's a fool for signing with this team. (laughs) And, yeah, no, I mean, no, he's not a fool to sign with this team. I'm just saying he's, it, there's been some expectation from him probably in the back of his head. He's a smart person that he wasn't going to win a championship with the Nets, that he joined the Nets because they had Atkinson and he liked the sort of the overall theme that Marks was building. Um, I do think it's important how they treat Jeremy Lynn in the aspect that you don't want to be a franchise that signs guys and trades them because then guys aren't going to want to sign with you. So, like, they need to, yeah. they do need to treat this with a certain amount of class, which they did with Brooke. They didn't leak anything. They didn't say it's open season on our guys. They're not doing what Phil Jackson is doing with Christoph Sporzingis. Uh, Isn't you know, that the
1: best? I just, I just love how damn fisted that whole basketball. situation
0: is would have and like so okay yeah. what we're real quick what's your there's been some minority opinion on the porzingis thing that phil uh-huh. is a mastermind of some kind and that he's putting out the porzingis trade rumors just to see what he can get um do you think it's that or do you think it's just that phil is sort of like he's he's grumpy that porzingis wouldn't talk to him after the season
1: phil i've said this so many times so many times Phil doesn't care. He doesn't. He is, He is. He doesn't care about that team. He doesn't care about you, the Knicks fan. He doesn't care. He's getting twelve million dollars a year, and if Porzingis' people is taking him off, he'll just go right to the media and say he's on the he's on the block, and that's it. That's all there is. To it. He does not care. His ego is huge. He does, he's, he's the Donald Trump of the NBA right now. He just you think he he doesn't not care about you. He doesn't care about these people. Um, and that's what, honestly, that's my, like, that's always been my hot take with with Phil Jackson. They paid him way too much to take the job, and that says something. Like, if you have to pay a guy that much to take that job, he he wouldn't, he's not interested really in doing it. Right. And
0: we, to be honest, like, on the flip side, we didn't hear about Magic Johnson taking $12 million a year, right? Like, he wanted, right. I'm not saying he'll be good or bad, I'm just saying he didn't have to take that much money to take this Lakers job. He wanted the Lakers job uh
1: it's not the market that's not what the market is for that position it's insane oh
0: uh, my god i i mean that that is like there's so much joy in twitter today when the fact that that report came out and just seeing nicks fans lose their minds i mean people yeah. went insane and i but the fact again someone tweeted at us about this if he gets traded to boston we're not gonna be happy about it right like if he just suddenly no. gets mm. for the third overall pick that's it would be like oh my god I'm,
1: I was like fake Billy King on uh, on Twitter. No, yeah, but... Um... Can, oh, real quick, I, I had a good tweet, and I don't know if we
0: touched on this from an email yet. This is also from Nick. Did we talk to Nick today already? Or no, this is from Chad. Did we talk to Chad? Um, um, I don't
1: think
0: so. Chad had a lot of similarities in Russell versus Fultz. Where would Russell go in this draft as a 21-year-old? Um, I would love to talk about this. Uh, I think if, if Russell, like, let's say, hit Let's say he was just a sophomore, just getting out of a sophomore year and play bas- college basketball somewhere, anywhere. I think he's number two overall in this draft. I think he's probably still behind Fultz, but I mean, I teams would take D'Angelo Russell over uh, over Lonzo Ball. I think pretty much everyone would. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you're that's a good way to look at it. Thank you. Uh, it's he's the number two overall pick. He's still the number two overall pick in this draft. No matter what, I think. Maybe three, if you really want to be if you really think is like a revolutionary point guard in some way. He's the number two overall yeah. pick. So again, the Nets, yes, maybe they, they didn't make a good trade here. We'll see.
1: Um we got one last one, a late one, but you know, it's for Cherboy Nelson Ortiz, who's a long time, long time. Um now that Brook is gone, is Trevor Booker the new trade machine staple for the Nets? If yes. <laughs> what are some trade ideas for him? I don't have any trade ideas for him, but I think yes. <laughs> I, you know, let's. What, do you have any? Do you have any quick ones? Have you fired up the trade machine?
0: Um, I. I mean, basically, what you want to find is you want to find a team that needs bench rebounding and some attitude adjustment, right? Like- no,
1: man. Like his the 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 the, um, the beat on him is that he's like. Number one leader, everyone. Every, he's like the leader's leader. Like people, I think that goes a long way for for making these types of deals. No, no, no. I'm saying, but I'm saying, like, but but ideally, he's going to be coming
0: off the bench for you. Like, if you're oh, really yeah. good, if you're a really good team, you're not going to be giving. I mean, to be honest, like Boston could use a guy like him because yeah. they don't really have a they don't have a decent. Run. Cleveland could, but Cleveland has nothing to offer. Um, I'm, well, my 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 own Washington Wizards could could use Booker back. Um. The Rockets could use Booker. The Clippers could use Booker. The Jazz, probably not. The Thunder, mm, Th- I mean, he'd be pretty good with Russell Westbrook. There's a lot of teams that he fits for, but the thing is, like, you're not going to get a first-round pick for him. You'd, I mean, I don't no. like what – it would be strange if they did. Um, mm-hmm. Now, if you could pair Booker and you take back a first-round pick and a bad contract um, – Let's say I don't know. I don't know who you would exactly be. I mean, the Rockets have been talked about as being they sort of like Daryl Morey has talked about the fact that they want to raise the risk profile to beat the Warriors, right? So, is there some trade that they can make that the the Nets take a bad contract and a first round pick at some point, give up Booker, and you know they they basically that's how that deal works. That's what you got to be looking for. You got to be looking for Booker a- in return for bad contract and first round pick. I think that's where this is sort of headed.
1: But did he say specifically raise the risk profile? That, that that is that a quote? Direct quote. Such <laughs> it's, it's a Silicon Valley well, thing. That's
0: a Zach Lowe. <laughs> that is a <laughs> yeah. They they are going to raise the risk profile, Brian.
1: Yeah. Um, um, well that's all the emails mike we got through them all there was quite a few and thanks again to everybody we i cannot stress how much we love you guys for writing in and it just it really helps facilitate the conversation don't you think mike i do think brian where can they email us at what is the way to do it <sighs> dude it's at dot it's at, it's at at com. everybody already knows that though um I, it's I, where it's where to listen to us. If you don't have iTunes is the real one, I guess that's, that's what nobody knows. Stitcher, everybody stitcher, get, get at us. Uh, somebody's like where to listen live. You got to do a live podcast sometimes. Hey, this is going to be a crazy week for us. Cause we're going to have to do, uh, another pod tomorrow night or no Thursday night.
0: Yeah. We're going to, again, if you don't know, we're doing a, well, I guess now we'll probably start doing the pod at like after the 22nd pick. Right. I mean, we'll, yeah. So we're we'll going to be potting pretty much right after the first round pick happens. hopefully to get it up. You know, b- before the draft is over, to be honest, we should be able to have it up. Um, stay with us. Brian, real quick. Yep. So yes or no on this trade. Happy, sad. Just
1: put it out there. Just so we I can. think it says something that my first reaction is happy. I mean, that does I haven't. I've obviously I'm still in shock. You know, um, I I'm in I'm I'm living in the trauma right now. But that being said, I think it does say something that I'm pretty pretty excited to watch. Uh the, we haven't watched a player with that much potential in a long time. When was the last young twenty-one year old guy that's had that much potential on this team? It's been a lot not since Brook Lopez probably. Been a long time. Been a very long time. Um I, I think yeah. so it's exciting.
0: I, I I'm I'm now in that camp. I think if I wasn't wedded to Brooke Lopez and uh, I was detached mm-hmm. from the situation and I just heard the Nets got the former number two overall pick who is a productive player uh, to give up. And they gave up a guy who's not in their future and a uh, late first round pick. I would be mm-hmm. happy with that. I would, I would think that team did well. So I think that's where I'm now at. I've over this past hour, Brian, I've converted to being a D'Angelo Russell. Uh, that's, massive.
1: That's, fan. The, that's the power I have on people. That's the effect I have. I'm, I'm, uh i yeah, I know. I just I, I convince people exactly of what I want them to be convinced of. Anyways, Mike, um, should we sign off, or do you have news around the league? We'll save that, or I would pocket that. Yeah, we'll pocket that. Um, all right. Take us out of here, Mike.
0: All right. Uh, so, again, you can find us on Twitter, at BKGlueGuys, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere else. Just search The Glue Guys, and you'll find us, Almighty Baller Radio, NetsDaily.com. Brian,
1: good night. Mike, good night, and to all you beautiful people good night to you all right bye-bye thanks for listening